Well, we begin a new adventure tonight. I'm going to have you turn to the book of Zechariah, chapter number 1. Book of Zechariah, chapter number 1. And uh, uh, the Lord moved on my heart after finishing up the book of Romans as we were going through and looking at the um, uh, things that related to Israel there. And uh, my mind was on this, uh, this book uh, and about the things it has to say about uh, the Jews and uh, the end times. And uh, this is a tremendous book. It was written around 520 B.C., okay? 520 B.C., about the same time as Haggai was writing. In fact, they were contemporary. And the name Zechariah means the Lord remembers. The Lord remembers. And and that's one of the themes that's going to come out of this. The Lord is going to remember His promises to Israel. All of these uh, folks who think that, uh, well, God's done with the Jew. If you think God's done with the Jew, not only are you wrong, but you're going to make some wrong decisions, like a lot of folks are going to doing right now. They're, they're siding up with Hamas against Israel and saying, well, you know, God's done with Israel. We need to be done with Israel. Nothing in the world could be uh, further from the truth. God is not done with Israel. And uh, he, they are still His special chosen people. And there's still uh, things that are going to happen that He has said is going to happen. And we're going to be, we'll be taking a look at those. A lot, a lot of the... the uh, Really good stuff is toward the end of the book. All of this is good, though. And, uh, but I want you to understand that uh, we're going to see in here that the Lord does remember. Let's, let's go ahead and read. I want to read the first six verses, and I'm not going to get a whole lot into these verses. We're going to come back and preach this next Sunday night, Lord willing, uh, and what he's talking about here. And when it says, in the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, and that's, remember, Darius is during uh, Daniel's day. Remember, prophet Daniel? Uh, and so, this, in the, the second year of Darius came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Iddo, the prophet, saying, The Lord hath been sore displeased, with your fathers. I want you to think about that. The Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers. Talking about uh, Judah, the nation of Judah. And um, uh, when they were carried away into captivity by the Bab- Babylonians. And they were, uh, according to uh, Jeremiah's prophecy, they were going to be there 70 years. And they were, just like Jeremiah prophesied. Guess what? What God says is going to happen, happens. And that's what that's what we're going to see here. And this is this is what this is what Zechariah is getting to here in just a minute. He says the, the Lord has been sore displeased with your fathers, and they didn't have to figure that out. They knew that they were in the the, the land of uh, Babylon all those years because of their fathers. And they'll look at verse three. Therefore, say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings, but they did not hear, nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? 
Well, they were in the grave. Okay. And, uh, and the prophets, do they live forever? You know, the prophets had spoken all of this uh, pretty much out of the way. Verse 6, but my words, he said, they, they, they may be gone. The fathers may be gone. The prophets may be gone. There that spoke those words, he says, but my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? In other words, didn't, didn't what I say come true? I said that y'all were going to be carried in, away into captivity. That your fathers were going to be carried away in captivity. Did it happen? That's, that's basically what he's saying here. Did they not take hold of your fathers? God's word did. He said, And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of the hosts thought to do unto us according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath he dealt with us. And uh, if you uh, have a reference Bible, you see that uh, verse number six there probably has several uh, key references referencing the, where that was as being said at. You'll see places like Lamentations chapter number two, verse number 17, Jeremiah 35, verse number 15, and Ezekiel 36 and verse 31. All of it uh, points to the fact that God fulfills what he says he's going to do. It's just like Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. So uh, he came from the tribe of Levi, Ze Zechariah did. And he was a priest that was born in Babylon. So like Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Zechariah uh, was both a priest as well as a prophet, uh, we, they, they were like each other in that respect. Now, Zechariah contains a tremendous revelation regarding the name of God. The name of God that is used most frequently by him is, we saw it three times in one verse right there, verse number three, the, the Lord of hosts. Uh, it occurs approximately 50 times in this book, and we're going to see as we journey through the book of Zechariah uh, we're going to see uh, details about the various aspects of Israel. Let me give you a few of those that's going to be coming up. Amen. Number one, we're going to see Israel's restoration is discussed 19 times in this book. 19 times. Israel's future forgiveness is mentioned seven times. Nine times it says that the Lord will dwell in the midst of his people. Uh, there are other striking repetitions of terms as well. The, the words referring to the Gentiles, the words nations and peoples, uh, and related terms like that appear 24 times. The words Jerusalem, Zion, and other references to the city of Jerusalem appear 44 times. You think Jerusalem is important? It's very important in prophecy. And it's, where, it's where Jesus is going to reign from, by the way. He's going to reign from Jerusalem. And it is the capital, no matter whether the rest of the world wants to recognize it as the capital or not, it is the capital of Israel. Now, references to the Messiah, Jesus, as the, the stone or the headstone or cornerstone, that appears five times in this book. And in the prophecy, uh, this is, uh, he was, Zechariah was contemporary with Haggai. And in the prophecy of Haggai, we read that Zerubbabel was the governor in charge during the rebuilding of the temple. Okay, they were, they, they were sent by Darius, go back to the land, 
and they were supposed to rebuild the temple. By finishing the temple at that time, Zerubbabel serves as a hidden pointer to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Uh, look at the last, your, your, Haggai is the, is the book that precedes this. Look at the very last verse of Haggai there, Haggai 2, verse 23. It says, In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, will I take thee, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sheatil, saith the Lord, and will make thee as a signet, for I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, and that's looking at a future event, uh, the Davidic king and uh, Zechariah even called Zerubbabel the branch, and which relates to the Lord Jesus Christ. So he was a type of Christ, actually. Now, at least 12 times it is written that the Lord will reign over the entire world in the future. And that's going to take place. Amen. It's going to take place. Uh, he, he has his eye on all of the nations and he is their judge. Everybody's going to be judged by the Lord one of these days. Now six times we read that Israel will know the Lord and will repent. Five times we read about the Lord's return. And together with Haggai and Malachi, Zechariah belongs to three prophets who are known as the post-exile prophets, so the post-exile prophets, or the prophets of the return, those that came out of Babylonian captivity, uh, the, the Malachi, Haggai, and Zechariah, they all wrote during that period, uh, and Zechariah belonged to a group of 42,360 people, according to Ezra 2.64, who returned to Jerusalem, he was there. From the, they returned from Babylonian captivity through the decree of Persia's King Cyrus. And we can read, I'm not going to turn over there and read all that, but if you want to write it down, read it later. Ezra chapter number 1, Ezra 1, verse 2 through 4, and I also mentioned in Isaiah 44, 28. Now, uh, Ezra, Zerubbabel, Joshua, the son of Josedek, and uh, Nehemiah also belonged to the number who returned. Those four people are important. Ezra, Zerubbabel, Joshua the son of Josedach, which is a high priest, and Nehemiah. Uh, and you know, Nehemiah you're familiar with. They, but they belonged to the number who returned. And Zechariah well, was a contemporary of the prophet Haggai, according to Ezra chapter 5, verse number 1, and Ezra chapter number 6, and verse number 14. Now, Zechariah began his ministry as a prophet only two months after Haggai's first message. If you look at Haggai 1.1 and compare it, compare it to Zechariah 1.1, you'll see there's only a two-month difference when they started. Now, Haggai, we, it's been a while since we've been in the book of Haggai, a long time ago, um, just like a long time ago since we did Zechariah. We're redoing it now because of all that's in the news with uh, Israel, and, but it's been a good long time. And uh, Haggai re rebuked and admonished the Jewish people in Jerusalem not to be ne negligent in rebuilding the temple. Fifteen years had passed since they got there, and the temple wasn't rebuilt yet. They, you know, they, were, just dra they were dragging their feet. Now, Zechariah's message is more one of glad tidings regarding the future, but but he does mention the rebuilding of the temple as well. 
The prophets presented two quite different yet complementary messages and both were important and necessary for the people. Now, Haggai only wrote two chapters compared to Zechariah. Zechariah, we got 14 chapters we're going to be dealing with in there. Okay, 14 chapters. Zechariah, like Jeremiah, was, was called to be a, a prophet uh, as a very young man. Uh, we see that in Zechariah chapter 2, verse number 4. Uh, he was young when he was called, and, and we know Jeremiah was, according to Jeremiah 1, verse 6 and 7. But on the other hand, we understand that Haggai was probably older than what Zechariah was. Now, while Haggai only prophesied for a few months, Zechariah's ministry is believed to have lasted 30 or more years. In fact, there's a, there's a lapse of time. We'll talk, mention it uh, next week, but there, between the first eight chapters and the last chapters there of uh, the book of Zechariah, when they were, there was a, the, a time period in between uh, the writing of those two. Now, uh, Haggai proclaimed a more practical application of God's word. His message focused on the Israelites' negligence in rebuilding the temple. And he's basically saying, uh, you, we, we need to be obedient. <laughs> we need to obey the word of the Lord. And of course, we saw that from Zechariah 2 right here. Uh, he's saying, uh, well, let's look back. When your, when your fathers didn't do what they were supposed to do, what happened to them? You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, we, we don't want history to repeat itself. And so, uh, regarding Israel's future, Zechariah says more in his 14 chapters, listen, than any other prophet regarding Israel's future. And that's the reason why uh, I believe the Lord would have us to go through this again with all that's happening with Israel in the news. Now, uh, Zechariah spoke more about prophecy dealing with Israel's future and her spiritual restoration, but he did, he did uh, mention the rebuilding of the temple as well. <clears throat> doesn't mean that Haggai's message was not prophetic, nor does it mean that Zechariah's message was without instruction or correction. The book of Zechariah is described as the most messianic, apocalyptic, estic, eschatological, I always had trouble saying that word. That has to do with the end times, by the way. Why can't they just say end times? You know? I'm, I'm kind of simple that way. But eschatological of all the Old Testament scriptures. Therefore, Zechariah is the most Christ-centered prophet of the Old Covenant. Uh, he speaks more about Christ, his work, and glory than all of the other minor prophets combined. Uh, in fact, uh, C.I. Schofield, who uh, put out the Schofield Reference Bible, he says that no prophetic book in the Old Testament contains so many prophecies concerning Christ, Israel, and the nations in such a short amount of space as Zechariah. So with regard to the person of Christ, Zechariah writes about the branch who will come as the crowned priest and king. We also find a vision of Jesus' entry into uh, Jerusalem. We'll, we'll come across that in, as we come through the book. Uh, we'll see him on the donkey, uh, which co combines the first and second comings of Christ. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of times with these uh, prophecies, uh, they're looking at the, they're seeing the two mountaintops, the first, second coming, they're not seeing the valley in between, okay? 
And there's a long period of time between the things that they mention. And that's important for us to grab hold of. Okay, so some of this stuff has already been fulfilled in the first coming of Christ, but a lot is yet to be fulfilled in Christ's second coming. Now, we, we see uh, Christ as the one who was pierced on the cross, the one who was smitten by God. We see him as the true shepherd in contrast to the foolish shepherd who is a picture of the Antichrist. That's how we're going to see him in this book. I mean, it talks about him being pierced. Now they're going to look upon him who they have pierced. That would be chapter 12 when we get to chapter 12. Um, now, uh, Jesus is portrayed as the one who will return to the Mount of Olives. If you remember, that's where he went up from. He said, I will return in like manner as you see me go. Well, he's coming back right there. He's coming back for the salvation of his people. Zechariah's prophecies concerned Jesus' first and second comings, including his future rule, his priesthood, his kingship, his humanity, his divinity, his building of the temple, his coming in humility, his bringing of peace, his rejection, and his reacceptance. Uh, it even includes his betrayal in there and how for 30 pieces of silver and some other things about that so uh, that are combined in, in uh, some of the things that are said about Christ. But in his general prophecies, uh, Zechariah describes the last attack of Jerusalem by the nations. Now this is, in my mind, when, when I see what's happening in Israel right now, what we see is uh, happening in the world today is leading up to what we are going to see in chapter number 12. It is leading up to it. And you can, see, you can feel the hatred come through the TV, can't you? Yes. I mean, you can, you can sense it. If you, if you are in the presence of those who, who really uh, have hate on either side of that issue, uh, you, you understand that it is, it's not something that's going to go away. It's, it, it is not going to go away. Uh, in fact, it is going to culminate in uh, the, uh, a very large-scale uh, destruction of uh, God's people. There is going to be a remnant, say, when the, when the Lord comes back. They're going to see Him whom they pierce, and they will be saved. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, we see that the... Um, uh, that is something that we're going to be taking a look at. Um, it, it describes the last attack of Jerusalem by the nations, the initial victory of the enemies, the division of the Mount of Olives, the defense of Jerusalem uh, through the Lord's return, His judgment upon the nations, and the changing of the earth's surface in the land of Israel. Now he also describes the glory of the Lord that fills the temple. He explains the Feast of Tabernacles and the Millennium of Peace and which other nations we joined to his people. And finally, he explains that living water will flow from the temple in Jerusalem. He prophesies that all Israel's sins will be forgiven and he speaks of the ultimate holiness of Jerusalem and the Jews. So, uh, that's a lot that we're going to be covering. We, we shouldn't be surprised that there are over 40 quotations and references to Zechariah that are found in the New Testament. Also, this is, I believe, is one of the reasons why the Jewish rabbis, they don't know what to do with this book. Uh, 
This is one of the things that they say. We don't know what this is talking about. For instance, Abrabanel, I guess I'm saying his name right, Abrabanel, a great Jewish exegete and author of many commentaries, confessed that he was not capable of explaining Zechariah's visions. Uh, something for, uh, supposed to be scriptures for them. You think they would uh, seek to find out what those mean. Uh, it's no wonder, cons considering that he denies that Jesus of Nazareth is the Messiah, if you deny Christ, um, uh, that's a problem. Acts 2.36 says, Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this, that same Jesus whom he have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And I bet if he was to take and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe that book would open right up to him. The, the, this book of Zechariah would open right up to him. He'd understand. Another fellow by the name of Solomon ben Yarki, uh, another exegete that is highly esteemed by the Jews, he declared that Zechariah's prophecy is very hard to understand because it contains dreamlike visions the interpretation of which is not available to us, so we shall never be able to find its true exegesis until the teacher of righteousness comes. Listen, he has come. Amen. And if you believe on him, you can understand. And what I want you to understand, this is a difficult book, but you can understand it if you've got the Holy Spirit living inside. Uh, from such statements, we see that the Old Testament remains closed to all who do not possess the key. You've got to have the key. Who's the key? The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. When you get the key, you have His Holy Spirit who is the interpreter and opens up the Scripture to us. Uh, remember the Ethiopian eunuch uh, over in Acts 8 verses 30 through 39. Remember when Philip came out to him and he was struggling with Isaiah 53, which by the way, that's another Scripture passage that the Jews struggle with. The, the, the Jewish scholars they don't understand what Isaiah 53 is talking about. It's the suffering servant. And uh, Philip took that and preached Jesus. And the fellow received Jesus uh, as his uh, Savior. And uh, uh, I believe it uh, opened up to him as well. But he didn't understand what it was talking about. Zechariah's message, though, listen, contains God's plans for Israel's future and relevant promises for the future salvation of the Jews. And that's why Zechariah is also called the great prophet of restoration. Uh, four men are named in Ezra 5, Ezra 5 verse 1 and 2, who played main roles in the rebuilding of the temple. I've already mentioned the names. Zerubbabel, the governor, Haggai, the prophet, Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and Zechariah, the prophet. Now, they are a picture of Jesus Christ as he is presented in the four Gospels in their prophetic portrayal. Zerubbabel was the governor and ruler of Israel. And he is a picture of the Lord Jesus as he is portrayed in Matthew's Gospel account. He is God's anointed king to whom the future power as ruler in Israel is given. Haggai was a servant and prophet so he is a picture of the Lord in Mark's gospel account. Jesus, the humble servant of God. Joshua was a high priest, and he presents Jesus as we see him in Luke's gospel, the sinless son of, of man, high priest and mediator between God and man. 
And Zechariah the prophet particularly emphasizes Jesus' divinity. And so he is a picture uh, of Jesus as shown in John's gospel account, Jesus the Son of God who came to this earth. Now, what can we learn from all these sketches? Okay, uh, as one, number, one, number one thing here. Okay, As New Testament kings and priests, which we are, Okay, if you're saved by God's grace, we, we are kings and priests. We should be bearers of the revelation of Jesus' name. He is the Savior of the world. I mean, it's a matter of obedience on our part. See, what the Jews messed up at is they weren't obedient to the prophets. Well, how obedient are we to the prophecies that have been given to us? Um, in Acts 4.12, Peter said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, understand that God, in His wisdom, places young and old beside one another in His service. If God speaks to your heart to serve Him, then you are old enough. Amen? <laughs> uh, we, all you need to do is go to Samuel. Uh, Samuel, the very first prophet uh, that we, we see uh, in uh, Israel, in 1 Samuel chapter number 2, just a boy. Um, but uh, Eli said, you know, if the Lord's speaking to you, you better listen to him. And Eli was, Eli was uh, backslidden. And he knew that. <laughs> he, he, he at least knew that, that amount, even though he wasn't listening to the Lord anymore. Now, we learn that all... Diverse gifts and tasks come from God, the giver of all gifts. Uh, Zechariah, think about this now. Uh, he and Haggai both were used of God for particular purposes. Uh, ministered side by side, you know, basically as far as uh, their writings goes. Uh, Zechariah could have hounded Haggai to preach more on prophecy and hope for the future. Haggai could have ragged Zechariah about preaching too much on the future and tried to get him to focus more on what the people needed to, to build the temple. But both were needed. Both of these prophecies were needed. They did not quarrel. They both fulfilled their task and they faithfully and with endurance, just as God had commissioned them, they spake. And the book of Zechariah also stresses the importance of Christ-centered life and of a message and work that point people to Him. Now, we need to be like uh, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2.2. 2. He says, For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I just really wish we, we could get a... a uh, where the Lord would have us to be uh, in having our focus, like we talked about this morning a little bit, having our focus on Christ. We, get, we are so distracted in this society we live in, and even as believers, we, we lose our focus on the important things. And could I tell you that Jesus is the absolutely uh, most important person uh, ever, <laughs> and, and, and not only in your life, but uh, in the world. And we must be aware that without Jesus, uh, the, the Bible is a sealed book 
you're not going to understand Zechariah. You don't have Jesus. Uh, especially true with regard to Israel now. Only the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of truth, can guide someone into all truth. Jesus said that Himself in John 16, verse 13 through 14. So, that's why it's a closed book, by and large, to, the, to, to uh, Israel, to the, to the Jews. Um, now, uh, final thing I want to leave you with tonight is we, we, we learn that we must not lose our vision of the future. The day is coming when Jesus will return and, and the light of His kingdom will surpass everything we have ever seen. I mean, uh, I, want to, I want to turn back to the Scripture here for just, just a minute. Uh, there in verse number 4. And he says, Be ye not as your fathers. And I could say to you, don't, don't be like the Jews were. Don't be like Israelites that we read about and we study about. And we're, we, you know, we've been in the Old Testament for a long time on Wednesday night studying these Old Testament books and seeing all this stuff happening to Israel. But what, what has it meant for us? You know, are we listening to what we should be listening to? He said, Be not as your fathers. Uh, uh, and uh, he said, uh, they, they "said Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings." But they did not hear, nor nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. And what happened? He said, "Well, your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Hey, they they might not be around anymore. But listen, my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? Listen, these words that we're going to be preaching out of this book." These words of the future that's involved, they are going to come to pass. It's the Word of God. Amen. Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us according to our ways and according to our doings, so hath He dealt with us. Just like the Lord says, the Lord does. Amen. So we'll come back and we'll begin our journey. I told you this was going to be mainly a, a, a summary and uh, a introduction of the book tonight. But we'll get in earnest into these prophecies uh, next week, Lord willing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you tonight.